Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug? Want to advertise on the podcast? Hit me up and we'll make it happen. If you like sponsoring, let's make that happen too. And as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and visit theaterinthenow.com for our latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's Astoria's favorite bearded queen, and it's my gal pal, Harriel Grande. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right. It is Friday. It's Friday. Oh, it's Rebecca it's Black Friday. Day. Is it? I've actually never fully heard the thing. Bullshit. No. It came out while I was studying abroad in Barcelona, so I just kind of cut it out. It didn't make it out to Europe? No. That song went super viral, but okay. I hid in my cave. We clearly know what we're playing <laughs> after this podcast is done. Um... How are you? How was your DragCon experience? My DragCon experience was great. I went with a couple of sisters. I got to see you. Thank you for your photo. Always so brilliant. Um, I only stayed for a little bit. I came in for a couple of things that I did not get. Um, But it's always fun environment and, you know, people ranging from ages and different types of couture, if you will. Um, People really pulled out some incredible looks. Yeah. Was there any, like, highlights for you? I was there Saturday, um, and I really just think just being there is just such Did a highlight. Did you get to meet event. anyone that you wanted to meet? Or you I I didn't meet anyone. I didn't stand in line. I don't I don't enjoy that. But seeing people from afar, Sasha looked gorgeous. Um, everything that I saw was just exciting. Yeah. I uh, Bob's whole little thing with the I mean you know right into October and Halloween had that whole like. Spoopy thing, which I don't understand that word. Spoopy? Maybe I I I don't I didn't know the origin of spoopy until I think two days ago. Um, Apparently, it was like a meme that went viral or something because it was a misspelling. I don't like it. But like all the like little gay boys use spoopy and yeah, just like they use bussy, and I hate that too. Bussy? Yeah, like a boy. Bussy. Oh, bussy. Bussy. Yeah, that's how out of it I am. Yeah. Well, you're an old gay, so... I'm an old gay. <laughs> well, I'm <let's>... not! <laughs> yeah, you're not gay. <laughs> I'm not gay. Just a queen. Um, so we're going to learn a little bit about you. Are you excited to tell everyone about I am. What queen doesn't like talking about themselves? I know, right? Well, let's start from the very beginning. Where are you from? I am from Comac, Long Island. That's very close. Yeah, not too far at all. I didn't really have to travel too, too far. What line on the L-I-R-R is This that? is the Ronkonkoma line. The next stop is Wyandanche. Look at that. Yeah, it's the purple line. The purple line. Mm-hmm. How often do you take that purple line? Um, I go out to my parents or to see my nieces maybe once a month I try to get out That's there. That's cool. Yeah, not too terrible. However, Penn Station is, you know, yeah. death on earth. It's crazy that, like, we have to basically backtrack to get home. Yes. Because, like, you have to go to Penn Station and then basically past your house. Yeah, me and Michael live in Astoria, so to get out to Long Island, it's basically backtracking and it takes a lot of time and a lot of commute and have you ever taken it. it from jamaica or it doesn't that line does run there uh i have taken it well i have to transfer if gotcha. i do the whole jamaica stuff but um yeah long island growing up as a little ginger four-eyed chunky gay was great times yeah any fun stories <laughs> i was just telling my boss at work today that i completely blacked out um, middle school, mm-hmm. except for one thing that I remember distinctly, which was, I'm not going to name him in case you're listening, but this gentleman, Alex, he had very beautiful hairy legs, and I think that's where my fascination with hairy men started. Thanks, Alex, sixth grade math class. Wow, wow. <laughs> where did you go to college? I went to college at UMass Amherst mm-hmm. uh, in Western Massachusetts, in Amherst, Massachusetts. It was voted the top five college town I think like five years in a row four years in a row something like that foliage in a valley I mean I guess it's cool going to a college town when you could have gone to like a college city like I did yeah well I enjoyed it being from Long Island and wanting to not go where everyone from my high school went but further enough for my parents but close enough for them to visit and I really enjoyed my uh, my college experience what did you study I studied communications and minored in psychology 
Interesting. Yes. I, for a very long time, wanted to do television, production, talent, be on camera, some sort like that. What would you be on camera for? What would you do? I always wanted to be a a talk show host. That was like the dream. The closest I ever got to that was I interned at The View. Cute. Yeah, my senior... Going into my senior year of college. Who was on the cast at that point? So the cast was Whoopi, an EGOT winner, love her. Barbara was there and then exited that summer. Like, Mm -hmm. she started to slow down. Joy was still there, Sherry Shepard, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck. So it was when it was still, like, afloat and still, like, coherent. I love me some Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She was a sweetie. Like, I we would brief her and you know I would bring her her research cards and stuff and she was always very sweet I mean she was just a Republican did you ever talk about Survivor no Why not? but because like that's not what she wants to be known for anymore you know uh, for me that's also of be course known she will I that's when I still watch Survivor yeah that was the second one right with Colby mm-hmm. mm, Colby yep that was her <laughs> so you go to, to school in Massachusetts uh-huh. you come back here yes what was that experience like? Uh, I was at the tail end of the recession, if mm-hmm. you will. So I came home right away and I got a a server position at a golf and country club right in my town. Right okay. in my town. I just was nervous that I wouldn't be able to get money or afford or anything. I mean, the notion was always to like collect money, stay at home for a little bit longer, and then you know make the move to New York City. Uh, which I eventually did about a year and a half later. Nice. That's interesting. I I can't imagine you as a server. Why? I don't know. It's intense. That would be an experience in itself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> to make people smile. Hi. Well, the highs weren't really happening no, then. The, the, true, true. Well, when did those highs come in? When? How did drag into your life? Drag came into my life almost three years ago. Um... The first season of Drag Race that I watched was season eight, Mm -hmm. um, which was, once again, very New York heavy. Um, I was a frontrunner for Bob the whole time. I knew of Thorgy. I knew that she was a Brooklynite. Um, And then my partner at the time became a mentor and a drag mom, and we started going out in Brooklyn and giving looks from here and there. And then I was like, screw this, like... That little gay boy who was always singing in, you know, middle school and in front of your mirror. I was like, it's time. It's going to happen. And then I did it. Yeah. How would you describe Harriola in three words? Three words. Harry, loud, blunt. Yeah, that's, 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 that's correct. That's (laughs) accurate. Yes. So let's, let's hear it. What's the origin story of the name? I always really made myself laugh with the word areola. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a little bit, it was just areola. And then I felt like it needed a last name. I was just like, I'm not Cher. I'm not Madonna. Like, who the hell do I think that I am? We need to put on a last name. And then Grande was always fun because it was the play on Ariana. And, um, you know, I played with some other fantasiful, like areola magnifique or like areola dazzle or, you know, just weird things like no, that that no, were like mm-mm. more drag, if you will. Or like, um, I have a list actually, I could probably pull it up for you later. Um, but then Grande just kind of stuck. And then I was actually hanging out with my little brother and he was just like, You're a bearded queen. Why aren't you hairiola? And I was just like, Screw you, I'm going to have to give you this nod every time I talk about it, (laughs) because it wasn't my full idea, but um, yeah, it kind of just came into place and it worked. Like, Grande, because I am a bigger, full-figured woman, uh, I like to call myself a woe man, you know, Mm -hmm. I am bearded, I'm not giving you that fish, you know, like, is that a woman, so I'm a woe man, but, you know, she's hairy, she's big, my areolas are big. Um, and yeah, she's bearded and then you have the Ariana play. So it all kind of has worked out. How long does it take to transform into Hariola? It depends on how much weed I'm smoking. There you go. So I will say anywhere from two to three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. 
not too terrible. Not like in the beginning when I was doing like an hour and 15 just on brows. Right. Um, I've totally gotten that down to like maybe 15, 20 minutes. So. Who are some of your drag inspirations? I think it definitely is a play of when I started and, and you know, kind of what happened. Um, I, for a very long time, enjoyed Bob and was like, I want to make people laugh. And then I delve into the longer history and then, you know, I saw a Bianca and then you saw a, you know, a Coco Peru and, you know, you saw all of these older figures. I just want to make people laugh. So I enjoy that comedic structure of it. Um, I also love, uh, um, oh my God, I can't even think right now. Varla Jean Merman. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that if you've ever seen her out of drag, you're just like, you're not a drag queen, you know, and you just pull this like gorgeousness out of it. Um, so yeah, those are some, those are some, uh, inspirations I'd have to say. Yeah. You also have like the Harvey Firestein, who's this, if you want to call him a drag queen, but I mean, he's started out and he's done some in- incredible things. I remember Mrs. Doubtfire and I'm just like, I love you. And he's still very much presents male. Absolutely. So you started going out, getting doing the looks, playing around in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. How did you get yourself known? Um, I mean, there are a lot of bearded queens in Brooklyn, so that kind of wasn't you know the foray. I think my partner introduced me to a lot of people. You know, I like to think that I create easy rapports and I think that I can speak to a lot of people. I also love to drink. I also love to smoke. I you know I like to. Kiki, if you will, and so just kind of like talking to people and, um, you know, establishing a following. I tried to do one-off competitions here and there, um, and then I wanted to get out of the shadow of my partner, and so I made my way up to the Western Lounge, which I know we're all familiar with, for the Ultimate Drag Pageant. I thought that was um, something that was exciting. It was a place that I would be able to create my own community for myself that wasn't just the people that... Uh, you know, my partner was introducing me to. Well, let's talk about season four of the Ultimate Drag Badge. <laughs> okay. What was that experience like for you? Overwhelming. Um, it was... I have a full-time day job, so drag for me is a extension of being able to play around, be creative, my femme at its highest point possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to come home from my day job get into drag as quick as possible, take a, the M60 select from Astoria to the West End, um, and then still be there in time. And by time, I mean, and on time, but then we wouldn't start for an hour and a half. Um, it was definitely overwhelming. It was great to start having a jump off. I was that kid in English class who was like, this is the theme, write about this, as opposed to just like, here's a blank piece of paper. So I think sometimes people have issues with that, but having a you know, childhood week or a Hollywood week and then just, like, going off on what your niche is for that. Um, It gave me some fun mixes. It gave me a community. It gave me some of my dear sisters that I'm sure we're going to rip apart later. Of course we will. Um, And I don't think I've ever been the same queen since I stepped foot into the West End Lounge. So in the first season that you did, was there one number that sticks out as, like, your defining Harriola moment? I loved my Eliza Thornberry number. Um, I believe that was Cartoon Week. Cartoon Week, and yeah, I as a you know ginger always identified with Eliza Thornberry, and who hasn't ever had the thought of being like, oh, that would be really cool if I could talk to animals. So I did this whole like wild moment. Um, it was my first reveal. I think it worked okay. Um, my mother was in the crowd that week, which was incredible to have that support, um, and then also. I think I did my nanny mix, my nanny Barbara, that I had to do it. I had to start it over like three times, um, and which happens, you know, like I wasn't mad at that because that gave you the fact of, you know, we're not perfect. It's technical difficulties. Like I still came out and did it as best until it stopped and then did it all over again. Yeah. And the Spice Girls number. Yeah. Top five, top five, uh, Spice Girls number. You still know that choreo? Maybe. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so you did that, and about a, a little more than a year later, or less than a year later, you're asked to do the All-Star season. Yeah. What was that like? 
that I definitely needed questions answered from the organizers and the producers of the events. I know what I went through the first time of, like I said, you know, working a 50 to 60 hour work week and then doing drag on top of that. And we're not only talking about, you know, just going and doing a performance. You're on, you're your person, you're your persona and personality. You're trying to get people to vote for you. You're drinking yourself in case no one's voting for you. Um, and so, you know, you're getting home at three o'clock and you're waking up to go to work at 730. Um, you know, so I just wanted to know what the prize package was. You know, were we going to get the, you know, the categories in advance? Whereas there a runway as well? You know, what was expected of us as an all-star season? Um, and then after a while, I was like, I can only benefit from this. Um, it's only more exposure. It's more mixes. It's pushing myself, challenging myself. And um, I'm so proud of what I did there, too. Did you have to push yourself further because of the competition? So, oh yeah, so I mean that lineup of the people who I was in, I was completely out of my league. I thought I was kind of like, why am I here? Yeah, um, but I still do a couple mixes from that that I adore. So, what was the biggest takeaway from doing Ultimate Drag Pageant? All stars or just in general? In I general. mean, all in general. Um, I think this the second go around for All Stars, I was more confident in the fact that I was just like, I'm going to serve what I serve. You know, I, I know what resonates for me and having fun will resonate more. You know, I don't, I'm not going to give it just because I think it's drag and I think that's what it's supposed to be. I'm going to do it for Hariola. And if you don't like it, then sorry. And so I definitely had that going into the second time and wouldn't have had that if I didn't do it the first time. Did you have fun? Always. Good. Why? Do you not think no, I No, I'm fun? just asking. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely had fun. It was also great because it was on a Thursday, so you could drink a little bit more. Yeah. Um, casual Friday. Casual whatever. Friday, yeah. Jeans to work is so much better than... Makeup just, like, still running down. Uh, absolutely. Raccoon eyes on a Friday morning. <laughs> what is the biggest stigma of being a bearded queen? That I'm going to be messy. Um, that maybe I won't have my shit together. Um... I think that they kind of put you in this, at least in New York, they have this like Brooklyn vibe aspect. And there's a lot of bearded queens that, you know, still want to bring you glamour and fish and, um, you know, as woman as possible. And then you just have a beard yeah. that are hairy. Um, are there any local, national, international bearded queens that you look up to? Oh my. I'm actually in a group on Instagram with a whole bunch of bearded queens. Um, BB Deluxe down in Jacksonville. She's at, been at Bushwig and she's just like bonkers nuts. Um, when I first started there, um, like Mr. In, in Brooklyn, I was just like, I just want her eye makeup. Like, how does she do that? And I, you know, still try to emulate that. Um, there's a bunch of bearded women in the UK that are incredible. There's Thursday afternoon that just paints for filth, and I'm just like, you're gorgeous. I love that. Um, so there's there is this whole community. You know, you hashtag bearded bitch, bearded whatever, and Kiza Carr is also created now that I just said bearded bitch. Um, yeah, Kiza Carr is everything. She just slays the house down, and I can't boom cat like that. So we have Drag Race, we have Dragula. Is there going to be a whole show about bearded queens? I think there should be. Like, why not? I'm surprised that they haven't done it on Dragula yet because it's not, you know, aesthetically pleasing. You know, if that's the issue of what Rue has, um, to make it completely, you know, you are looking as a woman. Um, that would be cool. Should we do that? Yeah, let's do, you want do to it. Produce let's, it? Let's, make, let's, make, let's make it happen. <laughs> there, I mean, I know that there is a competition. I was actually just asked about it today. I believe it's... Um, called like the national bearded woman competition um but Cute. no i i i think there should be you know something like that why not now a lot of queens their dream is to be on drag race right that's that's what they're doing that's what they're fighting for you're a nine to fiver mm -hmm. what's your drag dream oh well ain't that the question um I mean, I currently just got a local um, weekly, so that was kind of in the books for a while. I just wanted something that was mine, that I could play with, that I could workshop, that I can do things. So for a long time, that was definitely uh, in the goals. And I just, I just want to make people laugh. Like, I don't know if that's, 
I don't think people should think that that's silly. I just want to have fun. Um, I could foresee possibly it being maybe full-time um, within a year or so if I'm still continuing and I'm still like, I love buying dresses and being in heels and a corset and padding and five pounds of makeup. <laughs> but I really don't know. I mean, I didn't even know what it was going to be when I entered, you know, competitions. And then yeah. here I am a year later. And, um, you know, I was actually in a fraternity when I was in college. And I feel like this is a secondary part of it. I feel like I'm in a sorority now. Yeah. And I just have, like, these best of both worlds. And, I mean, some of my favorite parts of DragCon this year was the fact I just got ready with my sisters. And we drank. And we were supposed to leave. And then we ordered a pizza because we were hungry. And, you know, it's just, like, fun and laughs. And you've been there. And it's beautiful. Yeah. What New York City queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? I haven't worked with her specifically. I did Frisky Fridays with Ruby Roo, but I feel like I would like to work with Ruby Roo in some aspect. I think she is hysterical, and I think that she just has a snark and a moment to come back with you. Um, I also really, really enjoyed um, seeing Heidi Ho all over the summer. Um, And both of them work at the duplex, so I guess I should start going to the duplex more. Um, because Heidi just kind of just like left me gagged all the time and super professional and like gets the thing done, but you could tell she's just living her best life and having fun up there too. And I, I love that. Yeah. She's, she's, she's fun. She is super fine. I'm don't know. She, I, I'm happy she knows who I am. Yeah. Hi Heidi. <laughs> well, we may get, you may hear her name again later on, but we are going to talk about two events that you host at. Albatross, yeah, Astoria. Yeah. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Nips and sips bingo. Nips and sips bingo. Tell us about them. Great. Um, uh, so it's whoop, there it is. I've made that into a drinking game a la, you know, Tara Hyman of, you know, get drunk, it's Wednesday, let's have a good time, a hump day. It's at Albatross from like 9.30 to late. Um... It started out as trying to create a bear community, you know, have a place for the bears to go. I am a hairy, bearded queen, although I don't identify as a bear, as a gay man. I think I'm a little bit too young for that, so I do prefer cub. Um, but I also don't like to box myself, but sure. um, I am there. It's it's games, it's drinks, um, it's usually skip behind the bar and we just have a good time. It has kind of created... Uh, or rather become just whoever's in the bar, whoever ends up showing. We're not going to turn anyone away, so come on, come all. And then I also have Nips and Sips after brunch bingo every Sunday, uh, 3.30 to 6.30 roughly. Start the first game around 4, and it's, uh, you know, four bingo games and a chance to win a whole various slew of things. Um, That's great for me because it is after brunch on a Sunday, so it's not like I'm out super late and I still get... um, I don't know, what's the recommended? Eight hours of sleep? And is that, like, the average recommended? If, if I can get eight hours of sleep, please tell me how I can do it. I actually don't. I thrive, realistically, on about five. I, well, I just can't sleep a full night. That's my biggest yeah. problem right now. So if anyone has tips, I will take them. I would love to learn how to sleep. I don't have tips, but I have nips and sips, and that is on Sunday at Albatross, also in Astoria. Um, you can get there by the M60 if you're coming from Manhattan, or the NW, or the RM if you want to go for a little bit longer of a walk. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. I know Drag Bingo... Like, Drag Bingo's just fun. It's just silly and stupid, and like I've said, that's kind of my drag, and it's a workshop moment, and I kind of do whatever I want. What do you like best about working at Albatross? It's down the block from my apartment. <laughs> I mean, as a as a queen, especially in New York City, where it could take you an hour, an hour and a half to get somewhere, that really is uh, a huge perk for me. Absolutely. But I also think that Astoria is such a unique community that the people actually come back for you and enjoy you and will talk to you after. It's not a fangirl moment. It's like they actually genuinely care about you and want to know about you. Yeah. Excuse me. And that, I think, is really beautiful. Why is it important to have drag in Queens? Why not? Um, every place needs drag. It's, um, I mean, for me, I've found that drag is 
it makes things better, especially in this climate that things are terrible right now. And it's a form of entertainment that more often than not, it is free. Um, it's you're not paying fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars for a movie ticket. Um, you know, you're not going to a play, and it's it's a safe haven. It's a place that um, can open your mind a little bit, um, and it, it's just it's it's art and it's a culture. It's this beautiful community, and I don't think, especially in Queens, a because it's called Queens, true, okay, and. Because it's still a part of New York City. I mean, we have... I mean, I don't know the actual statistic, and this is a bold-faced lie, but, I mean, they call us Astoria because we have a shit ton of just, like, gay men who are trying to make it on Broadway. It's um, true. You know, it's an easy commute. I would say it's a huge gay population in, Ast- in, a- in a- Astoria, at least. But Queens in general, we're, we're in Queens. Now, we, we, we like to, like, say there's... Uh, style of Manhattan drag. We know what Brooklyn drag is. Can we define Queen's drag or Astoria drag? I want to I would say that it's a mix a mix between, you know, I think that I mean to define Manhattan drag versus Brooklyn drag. Like I've seen very polished people in Brooklyn. I've seen very sloppy people in Manhattan. So I think that that's kind of becoming more of a crossover, but I do think that, you know, Queen's Drag is, is a little mix of both. I think it's definitely theater, uh, theater-based. You have a lot of singers, um, live vocals. I don't, although I am working on it. Um, I've been singing forever. I've been singing, yeah, I've been singing forever, and if you've ever come in contact with me, I'm probably singing something off-key. Um, you probably heard me singing the new Gaga outside on my probably. way up when I was buzzing in. Um so I definitely say like theater based, you know, but you do have acting, you know, bits and moments and you know, it's still pop, it's still weird. I mean, you just think about iconic that we saw over the summer, you had the whole range of spectrum. You had bearded, you had deeply intense political, you had live singing, you had Broadway. I mean, obviously there were weeks and categories, but the fact that all of those girls could give all of that at once, like if you're gonna do Queens, like you're versatile. Yeah. Well, speaking of iconic, yeah, are you gonna throw your name in the ring for season two? Is there a season two? Of course, there's. I'm a season talking two. to Michael Bradley Bach. He's the producer of. <laughs> um, I would love to. You know, now that I've seen it, I definitely think that I was somewhat of a fool, but I also couldn't give my full attention this summer, right. um, because I'm friends with straight people and they get married every weekend in the summer. Well, <laughs> as as we alluded to in the previous episode, winter is coming. Is it? Ooh, we'll, we'll girl. Talk, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. But we're going to play a game. Okay. We're going to play Tea Time. Oh, shit. We're going to talk about um, your favorite sisters. And you're going to spill some tea. I don't have any stories. favorite sisters. Okay. Your sisters. <laughs> They're all equal in my yeah, eyes. Right, bullshit. Uh, so <laughs> you're going to tell some stories, share share some tea, whatever you, want, whatever you want to say about them. Okay, great. And just know that they will be listening and probably hold it against you. Great, I can't wait. Like they don't already. I mean, I still don't talk to Coco about what she said about me. <laughs> I think well, about it all the time, every time I get on stage. Thanks, well, Coco. Just, just wait. First, <laughs> we're going to start off with Edie James. Ugh, my dear sister Edie James. Um, I feel like we kind of started drag together. Um, my partner introduced me to her, was not, like, was only getting into face at home, did not want to come out, saw me, you know, half-assed do my thing, and um, saw Ultimate Drag Pageant was like, I want to do this. And we've been on this journey together. Uh, she just is, she's competing in Rock Bar, uh, Miss Rock Bar. And I was so super proud of what she brought the other night. I thought it was thought out and well done. And um, she's a true sis. We just have fun and we chat and, you know, bounce stuff off of each other. Next is Allegra White. Allegra White. Oh, she's a silly one. Um, I don't know her too, too well outside of kind of seeing her in drag. Um, so I don't have so much to say. But every time I think she's quirky, I think that she's uh, iconic, has pushed her into a place that she sees what she wants to do. I don't know if she came out of Ultimate Drag Pageant like that. Um, but I'm happy that she's back and she's doing her thing. Yeah. Next we have Cicatrix. 
Oh, Sickatrix. Um, well, just a little plug. Sickatrix is going to be my guest at Nips and Sips at the end of October because obviously she is a spooky, that's with a K, spooky uh, queen. She makes me cackle. Um, she is so crazy and so ADD ridden. I don't actually know if she has ADD. Sorry, girl, if you don't. Um, <laughs> but she just, she's so talented in so many things. And she just likes to, like, genuinely um, pick apart what I've done in a way that she, like, tells you how it is and was like, oh, you maybe could have done this. And it's it's never from a malice place. It's straight up she wants you to do better. Yeah. And she's also real young. I mean, not real young, but, like, she's younger than, you. she's younger than I by four or five years. Um, and so she just has a lot of freaking talent. I love that one. She, she is crazy. Next we have Petty Cake. Petty Cake. Mm, I'm Petty. I'm Petty. Um, Petty has some of the mixes that I've always wanted to do. I was talking to her about it at, um, DragCon. I think I can't dance like that, you know? So to have friends and sisters who do something that you're in awe of because you just can't physically do it, like, she does that jumps but bullshit and, like, turns around, and I'm just like, how? I just don't understand. Have you asked her to teach you? Hell no. I have, like, a bum knee right now. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Um, I, I am in awe when she performs. Um, she's an Astoria girl now, through and through, so... Keep doing the thing. I, she's another one that I haven't hung out with. That's the thing is, is that we hang out when we're in drag and we know our drag persona is like, I think she just found out like Aviva's real name and like what Aviva does <laughs> the other day and was like, I, this is the first time I've ever seen you out of drag, you know, and, and stuff like that. So um, here's to spending more time out of phase together. Next up, Chola Spears. Oh, Chola. Um, I adore Chola. She makes me cackle. Um, I hope that she continues on this little path. I think that she's had maybe one or two bumps in the road this past year, but, um, she, you know, she was an all-star. Um, she is an all-star. I think that we have similar aesthetics where we just kind of like to either do a really funny number or like a super serious, like belt moment. Broadway Rose's turn style and um for that I just can learn from her so so much she's she's just stupid she is stupid <laughs> but in the best possible way well it's time for revenge Coco Taylor Coco Taylor I don't really have revenge if you didn't listen to the first time Coco Taylor told me or said about me during tea time that I am I believe it was not always confident in what I was doing. And you actually came to my rescue and said, but I'm the most confident queen on stage. Um, and I still think about that. And I don't actually think it was a bad thing. I don't hold it against her at all. Because I, it's not that I'm not confident. It's that I second guess what yeah. the audience is going to enjoy or, what, or you know what you're bringing or what you're doing. I have had the pleasure of sharing the stage with Coco. I've had the pleasure of, um, you know, spending time out of drag with Coco. We're actually um, both nine to fivers in like a marketing advertising type of field. So we do G chat every day um, and we talk and, you know, we text about stuff and the going ons. And she, I would say, is a good sister that like understands what the nine to five and then like throwing on a face and going out and like trying to do your damnedest and like do the thing like completely understands. And I a hundred percent respect her for that. Are you so proud of me? I'm, I'm been yeah, so nice. So nice. Let's see if you're going <laughs> to continue the nice with golden delicious. That bitch. <laughs> I, um, golden delicious is just that. Um, she's golden and she is delicious. She is so far out of this tea time. The, probably shadiest of the girls and it took a while to comprehend that um she's another smoking buddy sister and um she's another one that she makes me laugh you know she's doing the thing um i think that she's gonna she's just gonna keep on doing it like, i don't know she just um 
she's sweet when when she cares for you. Yeah. So <laughs> that's noted. If she ain't tipping you, she don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Aviva Dickman. Oh. This is a good how many are there? Um fifty thousand more now. Oh my god, really? Um Aviva Dickman is a national treasure. <laughs> if you haven't seen Aviva Dickman, then your life is uh, incomplete. Uh, she actually lives close to where my office is, and we've actually spent like lunches together and have hung out. Um, she is a crazy broad, um, and I love her dearly, and she, she's super supportive. Excuse me. She's super supportive, and um, I... At DragCon, we were actually getting ready at her place, and I personally apologized and was like, sweetie, I'm sorry, I just feel like I haven't seen you in a while, and you've come to mine, and I haven't come to yours, and I like I adore you, and I love you, and um, yeah, she could die. She can go die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she could die. She can go die, she because die. Um, she just needs to be remembered forever. Yeah. Next, we have Nicole and Oscopy. Nicole and Oscopy. I don't know her. You don't know her? No, I don't know her. Uh... <laughs> Um, Nicole has, is, all these girls were just, I was just like, like to have fun. And Nicole is super silly. She's actually also become a dear sister that I fully like text and we talk and, um, about the inner workings of the drag and the community, but also just like day to day stuff and be like, bitch, do you get that dick you know, that you're going after or going for? Usually it's yes. She says no, <laughs> but it's usually yes. Um, Truth. and then, you know, she's, she's been slaying the game um and i'm super proud of her because she's a little bit younger too and i feel like out of all the girls she's like where's from oregon yeah oregon like if you're from oregon and you're a drag queen in new york now good for you babes good for you next we have poppy p-o-p-p-y i'm triggered (laughs) (laughs) um that's stolen from vanity sorry girl uh i love poppy i don't where has she been I feel like... I saw her last night. Oh, well, I didn't. Well, I saw TJ last night. <laughs> you saw TJ last night. Um, Poppy has been an integral part of my drag journey, if we're going to be real. Um, you know, she was at the Ultimate Drag Pageant that she won my first go-round. Um, she asked me to be in her, um, I believe, winning Lady Liberty Correct. number. Um, which was this time last year. Um, I've done Poppy's Playhouse twice. Um, so I think she... I mean, not that it's tea, but I feel like she almost had an Aquaria moment. Um, if that's more popularized of an opinion that people understand, where, you know, she had this, like, set target on her from the beginning of Ultimate Drag Pageant um, that she was going to win, and she was a front runner. She had done it before. She's gorgeous in drag. She is, like, meticulous and articulate and does the thing. And I think since then, she she was just focused and so she didn't really like speak a lot and she didn't really like she wasn't there for the sisters you know she wasn't there for the community which was something that I was looking for she wanted to fucking win that crown and she did and I think since then she's also young young yeah she's not like a couple years younger than me she's the baby of this group and just like Aquaria I think that she's grown so much I think that she's a lot more warm and inviting and like truly cares that perhaps you didn't see earlier and um i mean i've said this like at ad nauseum now but like i'm in awe of her too you know all these girls that you've gone through are things we all do things differently and like there's no right or wrong drag is whatever i hate all of them yeah they're all terrible well here's I hate the pretty one. ones here's another one ones. that you hate Didi comes well Didi comes well i don't hate her at all she's a star she to me is a fucking star um, the way that her brain works is just so incredible. There are some mixes of hers that are so damn good. Um, Coco Taylor asked a question this week at Miss Rockbar of like, if you could ever do someone's mix, who would it be? Um, and sh- I would do like any of Dee Dee's. I would do her mom number. I would do her airplane number. I don't know if you've seen that one. Like she's, she just is really smart. Um, and she has a clear idea of what and who Dee Dee is. Um, but she also, um, wouldn't have sex with me, so. No, ah. I'm just kidding. I don't, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to have sex with Dee Dee. Oh, I want to have no. sex with her, her partner. 
Uh, Mr. Comes Well. Mr. Comes Well. <laughs> well, next is our dear sister who has moved away to California, Bijou. I miss her so dearly. Me too. Uh, I feel uh, terrible at the time that we like didn't share while she was still here. Um, mostly because it was a type of thing of like... Um, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. And, you know, who, who knew at face value of when it was actually going to happen. But I love her. And she also does something so specific that I don't think um, people realize. I mean, yeah, if you want to categorize, like, look, queens, she's drop-dead gorgeous. But then she also gives you these incredible um, heartfelt numbers that she also can down, da- oh, excuse me, can dance the house down boots hanny. Yeah. Did I use that right? I'm the so. worst drag so. queen ever. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean, she's another one. She, like, I'm in awe. She does things that I can't do. She hears the song and it's completely different to her and interprets it different. And, like, that's what makes the drag carousel go round. And I love it. I love it. Last but not least, Vanadu. I hate her. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um,. She's another one that, you know, we've become super close and we text and we hang out as um, the men that we are. Um, And I think that she is just paying her dues now. You know, I think that she's such a huge talent and she could potentially, like, be down on herself because she didn't win Ultimate Drag Pageant and you, like, didn't do this. But it's like, honey, you are doing the thing. You are... I have seen... Breaking down so many times. Yeah, but it's so good. But every time I see it, I'm just like, fuck you. You just emulate the character so well and you do this so damn well. It's it, it's like shaking. It shakes me to the core. And I've seen it. I saw it three times the other night. Like, you know, like, it's, it's so good. And she, I mean, she's a trained actor. Um, and she sings live. So it's another thing that I she don't do. She went to do. Harvard. Yeah, she went to Harvard. She throws that around. <laughs> but she, I just, I adore her. I do, I love her. I've said I adore like five times. You're going to ask me about Adore Delano next. Um, yeah, Vanna, Vanna is a star. Is it healthy to be competitive in the drag scene? Yes. I think you need to be competitive, but that doesn't mean that you need to compare. Um, I mean, I said earlier that the Ultimate Drag Pageant, the first go-round, you're, you're, it was one of those things of like, well, Vanna does this, should I do this? Or, you know, Didi does this well, should I be doing something like that? Or Bijou's so gorge, I'm never going to be there. How, you know, how do you interpret that? And then finally I was just like, no, this is what Hariola is, you know, come with a point of view and try you know it's the same thing as in a day-to-day life you know this person is prettier than me you know this person's skinnier than me that you shouldn't lose your self-worth you still are bringing something to the table yeah you know we all have our pieces in this drag puzzle um and there will be people who want to see the cat 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 and they'll want to see me falling on my ass Calling bingo, you know? Yeah. There, there are different um, point of views and people want to see different things and are entertained by different things. And so competitiveness is important because you just are going to keep on bettering yourself, but you don't better yourself by comparing. Truth. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Great, thank it you. Does. There's occasionally some drama in the nightlife scene that makes some wonder if this truly is a united community. In a community of sisterhood, why do you think it's important to just be supportive and not partake in said drama? I think it depends on what the drama is and what it's referring to. Um, You know, if it's something along the lines of this queen got dropped from a place and someone else is in place, like, you know, that sucks, but that could also happen if you are, you know selling pens you know someone can do it better and they come in and unfortunate that's you know the circumstance if there is a higher arcing moment of transphobia of racism of our establishments not supporting us that's when we need to band together um 
I there's a lot of things that are happening in the New York City light knife right now. Light knife? <laughs> light knife! There are a lot of things that are happening in the New York City nightlife. Um, you know, I mean, it's a Friday in New York City right now. This is, you know, drag central. Like, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, there's been a ba- a lot of backlash um, of queens and of establishments and who stole numbers over the years and stuff like that comes and goes. But if it's a actual movement to keep our community afloat, like, that's when you need to band together, especially in this political climate, especially under the regime of 45, like... There is already so much grinder, femme, you know, no twinks, no Asians, bottoms only, mask for mascara, like bullshit jargon that's going on that at the end of the day, like, I feel like drag queens are some of the most, um damaged souls and like understand that and get it and this is kind of how they've gotten there whether it being because of their skin or because they're bigger or because they were super femme growing up that they have this you know a lot of queens say that this is like their super you know this is their armor their superheroes when they get into drag and um we need like we need to stay together more than ever now yeah what is the hardest thing when balancing a nine to five in drag uh, my body hurts. <laughs> um, Do you have like a massage thing at your desk? No, I wish. You should I, get I, one. I need to start making time for yoga again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do love that. Uh, you know, mind, body, soul, peacefulness, that, and that, and that balance, um, mindfulness, if you will. And I think that at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the fact that like I'm hurting. Yeah. Because you're in a corset, you're in heels, you're drinking. You know, like. Your body hurts after you drink anyway and you just dance a lot, you know? Like, go to a wedding and you're just in, you know, your man dress shoes and the next day your body's going to be hurting. Um, I would say my sleep cycle as well. But, you know, whose sleep cycle's not fucked up? Truth. (laughs) Who is your biggest celebrity crush? I've always loved Jake Gyllenhaal. Me too. Yeah? Jakey Poo is so cute. I, I love that. Where's he been? I don't know, but I also saw A Star is Born yesterday, and Bradley Cooper, like, he looked good, and he's that same type of, you know, style for me as Jake Gyllenhaal, where he has, like, those baby blues, but no, still really no, no, dark no. features. No, Jake Gyllenhaal is pure. Bradley Cooper is a little more rugged. No, yeah, totally fine. I completely understand, but I'm saying, like, I, my, my aesthetic that I gravitate towards is either like baby blues with like dark features or like a Middle Eastern just like all dark features. So like really pronounced like brow, dark eyes, real long lashes. Basically anybody. <laughs> like anybody. Who would you do for Snatch Game? Um, okay, can you refresh the rules for me for Snatch Game? Because okay, I know so like, it doing... can't be copyrighted. Well, no, 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 no. But let, let's do any Snatch Game. Let's say we're doing the iconic Snatch Game where you can do anyone. I've always really, especially as the bearded, I've always wanted to do Harry Zidler from Moulin Rouge. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you can have a little, like, spectacular, spectacular, you know, and, like, the Diamonds Are a Girl Best mm-hmm. Friend moment. I'm a redhead at heart. He's bearded. I just, maybe that's not a stretch. Like, maybe, you know, I would get penalized for something like that. But that is always something that I thought would be within my wheelhouse to do. Yeah. Let's say you're on the Amazing Race. Okay. What New York City drag queen is your partner? Oh, shit. Wow. Um, I know that you always ask this question, too. I know who it's not going to be, and it's not going to be Aviva Dickman. No, it would not be Aviva. Uh, as much as I love her, she did like one eye and she'd be like, I need a cigarette. I'm like, you didn't do anything. I would actually, I have to think, I would have to say Coco. Yeah. Because Coco, Coco is... Coco gets shit done. Coco gets shit done. She is organized. I'm not 100% versed in what her like qualms are with heights or, you know, if she knows other languages or, or something like that. And- or yeah, or if she can eat weird things. Um, for me, I'm not... 
scared of many things. The, I mean, the only thing that I really don't enjoy are, like, snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, like, held them and I've touched them and, like, I could get around that. Um, eating things, that would be difficult, but I think that... I mean, she soul cycles or whatever, fly, kick, wheel cycles, like, every morning. So, like, I know she's in a little bit better shape than I am. I think we, I think we could be contenders. Yeah. Well, tis the season... What's your favorite scary movie? Like, full-blown scary. I'm, like, not, like, huge into that. No? I'm sorry. I would say the scariest is Hocus Pocus. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Which, okay. I mean, but that's just a cop-out. Um, I've always actually liked just scary movie. Like, I always mm-hmm. thought, like, that, like, campy parody of it is, is really funny and really good. And, yeah. You know, it gave us Anna Faris. Yeah, it's true. Well, we're going to move into the pop five rapid fire. Okay. We're going to give you five pop culture things. Uh-huh. You're going to give me your first word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Number one, Kim Petras, Turn Off the Light, Volume 1. Uh, is this the Halloween album? Yes. Okay, so I don't think we should be supporting someone who is clearly working with someone who's been sexually abused uh, or, or has been accused of like rape and sexual abuse for Kesha. Um, I understand that that's hard to just turn off everything, but I think we should at least be talking about it, and people should at least know that that's what they're supporting. Fair. Number two? I haven't listened to it. There you go. Number two, Sabrina the Teenage Witch reboot. I cannot fucking wait. I, um, I know that she was is you know a part of the Archie Comics like world. And canon, I have never watched the, or excuse me, read the graphic novels growing up, but I do have a huge affinity for um, Melissa Joan Hart's Sabrina, which I actually just started watching again the other night um, from Pilot. Um, I am super excited because it is spooky and it looks really good and it looks super um, like up to par. Also, I found out today that apparently Salem is bisexual. Oh. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't date a black cat? Right. Number three is the MTA. <laughs> um, what? I mean, to quote Sutton, fuck the MTA. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get back into the city right now because I'm going to Hell's Kitchen. Um, yeah, the MTA is the New York City fucking transit system and it's pretty damn terrible sometimes it's not fun truth number four the great british bake-off love um i am a little bit upset that mary berry has not returned um and i was going to be put off by the latest season that they put on netflix um but you still have mr hollywood and i enjoyed all the new characters i thought that you know prue came in you know she was uh was she Judge? Yeah, Prue, right? Was the name I of the judge. I don't watch it. Oh, you don't watch it. Oh, no. I think it's some of the best reality television um, that we have right now because it's not vicious. It's literally on, like, there's not a lot of yelling. It's just, like, for... That's what I live for. No. Well, no, there's difference between drama and argument and yelling for no reason. Right. Like, like you like the drama and the suspense that is... Big Brother and Survivor. Like competition. Yeah, competition is totally fine. This is a competition also, but like the, it's less editing and like minutia of the bullshit of, to try to get the outcome Listen, that they want. If I can't try your food. I'm not watching the show. I hear you. I completely understand that. And number five, A Star Is Born. Yeah, so A Star Is Born yesterday. <laughs> um have a lot of feels about it. I'm not sure exactly when this is going to air, but it, people will have enough time to have seen it by then. I'm assuming. Um, first takeaway, hated the Grammys dress. Gross. Okay. I didn't like it. Second takeaway, I think some of the best songs on the soundtrack are actually not featured in the movie, which is a little bit bizarre. Um, the shallow sequence that has been in the trailer that is like the single and will probably win a Grammy or whatever was like pivotal, like gorgeous. I'm a huge Gaga fan. You know this. I've gone to Vegas. I've seen her every time she's been in New York. I've waited on lines. I've usually been front row. I dress up. I'm a huge little monster. I think that she could have been pushed just a little bit further in terms of her acting 
I do think that Bradley <coughs> is absolutely incredible. Okay. Um, I don't know if Gaga will win the Oscar. I will be so happy for her. I can't wait. I know she's going to be at the ceremony anyway, so I cannot wait for that. Um, I don't know if she'll be nominated or win. If she does, it may just be like a money thing. Um, but it's also super early in the game. Like, who knows what's going to come out within the next month or so. But just... overall, I did really enjoy it. Okay. And All I right. want to see it again to, you know, you have a lot of feels going on the first night. You know, it's been less than a day that I saw it. Right. So. Is she now officially at the same level as Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand? Yes. I mean, I'm super hesitant with that because I all, I think that she kind of already surpassed them a little bit. Interesting. Like, I mean, Judy and Barbara in their own right are gay icons, are icons in music, in film, Broadway. Like, I completely get that. Um... But I also, I think it's hard to say just because I know Gaga the most. Um, I mean, it was a beautiful story. All right, all right. It was a lot. I cried at least five times. You cry never. No way. I cry all the time. I know. <laughs> so I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Okay. This is a question from Heidi Ho. Hey, Heidi! Her question is, if you were to choose any former first lady to receive a biopic, who would you want to see and who would you want to see play her? Damn. That's like so intense and so off the path of drag. <laughs> <laughs> but this is coming from um, formerly uh, New York's premier Hillary Clinton impersonator. That's true. That is true. That makes sense. Um I think from where I stand and my age and, you know, it was one of the first elections that I was allowed to vote in, I think it would be beautiful to see Michelle Obama. Yeah. And what comes off, because I also don't think that they delve that much into what she did. I mean, you know, you're, there wasn't a scandal, you know, with the Obamas, so we didn't really have to divulge into all of their background and so I don't really know that much about Michelle you know I think it'll be a, a great story and the top picks is I think an Angela Bassett okay or like a Jennifer Hudson but don't know if she has the chops and like what the direction is going to go um I mean Halle Berry hasn't been seen or heard from but I mean she's still an incredible actress as well all right, there's some options. Yeah. Well, it's now your turn to ask my next guest a question. Yeah. Um, so my question would be, what do you... Or, okay, my question is, if you could change a feature about yourself to either highlight or um, make yourself better as a performer, what would you change? Okay. I'm, I'm excited to hear this answer. Me too. Well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag FreeTheOla. Yes, FreeTheOla. Where can we find you on social media? I am on um, Facebook and Instagram at, at HarryOlaGrande. That's H-A-I-R-E-O-L-A Grande, like Ariana. Um, and I actually just created a Facebook page for Nips and Sips because nice. I do plan on having some guests. I do plan on... Um, I have one or two dates in the beginning of 2019 that I know I'm not be able to ten attend. So I just wanted to create a space that I can keep all of my free the Ola uh, fans abreast. Have you? How's the battle between you and Vanna on um, Instagram followers? Oh, I've been surpassed for quite some time. How are you gonna beat her? I don't need to. I already am. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> well, how's she gonna beat you? I don't know. Well, I don't know. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I, I love spending time with you and talking about myself. Same. <laughs> Thanks once again to Harry Ella for joining me. Make sure to tap that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>